Hi, this is Bob Fitrakis bringing you the other side of the news. Uh, we're privileged to have uh, two well-known investigative reporters, Andrew, Andrew Craig, the author of Presidential Puppetry. He's met some of the puppet masters, and he knows the puppets. He's from Washington, D.C., and uh, one of my favorites, Wayne Matson, who goes after the big, large, huge stories. Before you knew that Denny Hester was a pedophile who liked to wrestle with boys. A decade before that, Wayne Matson broke that story. Wayne and Andy, welcome to the other side of the news. Great to be here, Bob. Good to be with you, Bob. And uh, you were talking about something involving the NSA, no such agency. Uh, what's, what's going on there? And how are you guys involved? Well, last week, uh, from uh, uh, July 29th to the 31st, there was the annual Whistleblower Summit uh, in Washington, D.C. And this was uh, uh, an opportunity to bring to Capitol Hill and National Press Club uh, whistleblower stories that typically are not covered uh, by the mainstream media. And we were able to bring together uh, uh, along with a number of other alternative groups uh, a, a great program including Wayne Madsen, a former Navy intelligence officer who worked for the National Security Agency before he became a author and uh, 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 author of the Wayne Madsen Report and a dozen books. Uh, to talk about um, uh, stories that aren't aren't really covered in an authoritative way, we th thought. Well, what kind of stories are we talking about here, Andy? Well, one of the, the a panel I helped organize and moderate was on political prosecutions in the United States, and we brought together three uh, horrible victims of federal political prosecutions on historic matters, including uh, electronic surveillance of all Americans uh, and the JFK assassination that are just too hot to handle, and it gave uh, uh, an opportunity for some uh, first-hand and shocking information by uh, victims of federal prosecutions who were not able to tell their stories at trial. So you're saying that the U.S. government prosecutes people because of politics as opposed to criminal activity? Oh yes, but uh, the criminal activity is the public face of the hidden level of political prosecution. So let me give one example and give uh, others, but uh, uh, perhaps the most notable was uh, Joseph Nascio, who was former chairman and CEO of Quest Communications. Okay, well-known well company. Well-known company, but he was also, uh, had top-secret clearance from the U.S. government. He was chairman, uh, and Wayne, you're, you're right here, you know that council he was chairman of. What was that council? It was the National Security Telecommunications Advisory Council, which is uh, basically a council of all leading uh, CEOs of telecom companies and also information services companies so you'll find uh, a lot of other uh, uh, data oriented com companies as members in addition to the telcos well so he he was 
uh, ha even if you haven't heard of Quest, uh, you have heard of AT&T and Sprint and Verizon and, and these other companies. And he was chairman of this uh, uh, advisory commission, and he was asked long before 9-11 uh, to come to a meeting, and they kind of surprised him, and they asked him, uh, as he recounted it, uh, uh, we'd like access to your customer data, and he, he was, he, as he And who is this, the U.S. government? The U.S. government. Some agency yeah, thereof? Yes. And he's still forbidden, after five and a half years in prison, which we'll get to, uh, to identify all of the circumstances. And so part of this is reference from National his court files. security, I take it? Oh, yes. And he could be sent back to prison if he talks too much about it. But he, he was extremely informative within the tight limits limits of what he could say, and uh, Wayne can fill in later uh, uh, some of the highlights that Wayne discerned from uh, what he said. But the, the gist of what I think is important for your listeners here to understand is that he, he said, I, I just need to see a warrant or some kind of executive order. So he was acting uh, in compliance with the Constitution? Yes, yes. And then... Uh, Suddenly, all of these bad things start happening to his company, and other, other court filings indicate that the U.S. government canceled $800 million in contracts with his company. Because he wouldn't illegally turn over data to spy on U.S. citizens? They don't say it that way. It's just canceled. And his stock price goes from $38 to $2. And he had uh, been selling shares, which is a typical thing for executives to do. And uh, he's, he's later uh, indicted, five years later, uh, and in a highly irregular way. I'm an attorney, and I looked into this case. Uh, sentenced to prison, uh, he was denied at trial the ability to say what happened. He couldn't bring in his main defense witness. And by the way, his federal judge, it turns out, was using prostitutes and uh, strippers and was later forced off the bench. And the defense didn't know that, but surely the government did. And so while the, uh, while the prosecution is getting all of its uh, orders approved by this corrupt judge, the defense uh, is left. He was fined $63 million, in effect. And so theoretically, the criminal charge was insider trading, but the subtext was a message to every single telecom uh, executive, you do not ask for warrants when the government comes uh, to ask for so customer information. The pike, right? Exactly. And the last part of this, and uh, I know we've got Wayne with, who is also at this session, uh, ready to talk, but uh, is that uh, after Edwin Snow Edward Snowden came out uh, two years ago with a lot of documentation about the vast extent of spying on Americans, uh, the government had to do something. So they appointed a commission, and they recommended, well, let's turn over parts of the stuff, the activity from the National Security Agency to uh, 
the, the private companies, because they will protect their interests. Mm -hmm. And what Joseph Nacho was there to say in Washington, and I'm here to repeat, and uh, the National Press Club's website also hosted him, and on Monday uh, this week they'll have a account of what he said. He says, this reform law is no reform, because there are 22 other intelligence agencies who are not covered. Uh, the private companies learn from his case what happens to you if you do not turn over all of the government uh, the customer data which can be retrieved and then used to prosecute people that they want and he was there to say bottom line he says the biggest danger to America and Americans is not overseas people terrorists but the US federal government and this was, by the way, barely covered at all by the regular media. It, it's totally dependent on organizations like yours, Bob, to get out what was actually said by a major figure in all of this. Uh, well, we at the Free Press, freepress.org, which sponsors this show, uh, would love to write uh, up some of that information. Wayne Manson, you were in the NSA, and uh, you're one of the country's leading investigative reporters. Is it conceivable that the U.S. government would knowingly use a drug that was involved in uh, with sex addiction and uh, try to coerce him to get a political to get a political uh, uh, persecution? Well, we know uh, from uh, recent history, and I, you know, at least history since World War II, since 1947 and the creation of the CIA, uh, NSA was created a few years later in 1952, but um, we know from the Snowden documents, for example, NSA always says we don't do any of this black bag, uh, you know, skullduggery like you see in Mission Impossible and James Bond. We're just kind of like cryptographers and linguists and we're collecting intelligence. But we do know from those these recent documents from Snowden that they uh, have operations that says so on their PowerPoint pre presentations where they talk about honey trap operations, for example, using, uh, you know, uh, um, um, people to blackmail others for sex, you know. And um, so this, this, uh, this is quite an amazing revelation out of NSA. I used to say, uh, since I worked in NSA, and I, I knew what its original mission was, as a matter of fact, many of the whistleblowers, uh, Snowden, uh, Bill Binney, Thomas Drake, uh, Kirk Wiebe, uh, Russell Tice, uh, I think they would all suggest that uh, NSA uh, was uh, abiding by the law to a degree under the FISA law of 1978, but now it's not the case any longer. I used to say with NSA, uh, uh, you know, uh, mend it, uh, don't end it, and now I say end it. Period. It's got to go. We don't don't even start try to uh, take this agency and reconstruct it or or constrain it. It's out of control. It needs to be it needs to be shut down to the point where I would shut the building down in Fort Meade and all these other super centers like Utah. And I'd turn. I you know you, if you got a large building, you can sell it to Amazon for warehousing or to, to make a technical university out of it. Just get rid of the agency. We don't need it anymore. 
And I see that as a so veteran of NSA. So saying we don't need the NSA, wouldn't every single American be at risk if they weren't collecting all that data constantly on us? They're at risk now from, from the NSA. Uh, so what, what I think we need to do is uh, NSA had a sort of a military function. It is officially part of the Defense Department. Uh, what they need to do is just scale it back, give, give the signals intelligence uh, capabilities back to the services, Army, Navy, Air Force, Marine Corps, maybe Coast Guard, uh, which is part of the Homeland Security. I say get rid of Homeland Security Department as well. That's a, that's a huge behemoth. Uh, but uh, what we have, see, the reason they have this huge data center where they can store a one yada bit yeah, one yada yada bytes of uh, a yada byte of data. That's like a one with I don't know like uh, several zeros after it. Now they're building one at Fort Meade that takes up two golf courses that they've basically closed down. Um, it's going to be three times the size of that Utah data center. And what the NSA is doing is they're collecting everything, this metadata, and, and when they prosecute people like Joe Naccio or, or Donald C uh, Governor Siegelman uh, and his, co uh, you know, his alleged co-conspirator, Richard Scrushy, a former CEO of HealthSouth, and I'm, um, we're on our way to Illinois right now, to Chicago, because whether you like Rod Blagoj Governor Blagojevich's language or not, I mean, I'm, I'm from the Navy, so his language doesn't bother me in the least, but what they're doing is if they want to politically prosecute somebody, they'll start an investigation, uh, an FBI investigation, and then they'll have all this. They'll go in and see what do we have on these people in the database, uh, what, what, and they go fishnet. They go like fishnet uh, fishing for it, and then they'll find something. Right? You can indict a ham sandwich. They say so. So the Siegelman prosecution, Nachio, uh, Scrushy, Blagojevich, and, and 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 probably the one that didn't result in indictment, but the but him is his governorship, Elliot Spitzer of New York. Uh, this is, these were called parallel construction uh, uh, investigations where they'll uh, do an official uh, DOJ investigation and get a prosecutor and a grand jury uh, and then say, okay, and then they'll get maybe some authority to uh, do wiretapping, but the, the information they get is from the NSA database, and that's never admitted as evidence because it was obtained illegally. But it's, it's, in other words, it's not real-time wiretapping like you put an alligator clamp mm -hmm. and got the mafia guy doing the numbers live. It, they'll, they'll go back and, and get these it. these huge, massive databases right. that they're cross-referencing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's all stored electronically in there uh, to be uh, essentially uh, gone through and uh, manipulated to produce a... Uh, a conviction? Right, that's the whole purpose of the metadata. It has nothing to do with finding terrorists, is what they're saying, uh, or, or preventing uh, the next 9-11. It's, it's, uh, it, it's part of this Orwellian society that NSA is contributing to. This is Bob Fatragas. I'm bringing you the other side of the news here in the studio with Andrew Craig and Wayne Matson, uh, reporters extraordinaire. This is 98.3 and 102.1 FM, your community stations. Uh, speaking of, you know, the so-called honey trap, uh, uh, what do you make of, uh, where you're in Columbus now, uh, Jeff Epstein and, uh, and say, Prince Andrews? Any, any thought? Could that be a honey trap? 
Well, absolutely. Uh, Epstein, of course, was um, uh, prosecuted uh, by the um, uh, state of Florida in t 2007. He's a billionaire, uh, but he was prosecuted for uh, uh, you know the allegations against him was that he was procuring underage girls and then flying them around uh, uh, in his private planes, including a Boeing 727 that he would fly uh, to uh, Little St. James Island, which is one of the U.S. Virgin Islands, wh which he owns outright. He owns an entire island, but also to London, to France, to uh, uh, other places, uh, New Mexico, where he has a ranch. And, um, and so some of these uh, girls who were underage later on uh, uh, filed suit against him. Uh, now, he, uh, Epstein was convicted of soliciting prostitution, but, <laughs> but these were underage girls, so where was the pedophilia charges against him? Uh, he got like 13 months in uh, what they call the stockade in West, in West Palm Beach County, or Palm Beach County, I should say, in West Palm Beach, Florida. And he was actually, he had, the, the deal he had worked out, this was minimum security, uh, uh, he could come. He could come in at 10 o'clock at night and leave at 6 a.m. in the morning. He was even allowed to fly out of the country uh, during the so-called jail time. Uh, and um, uh, and and, and I, I think he he didn't do the full 13 months. He got he got a sweetheart deal. The sweetheart deal was initiated by Governor Jeb Bush. Charlie Chris, who became governor, Republican governor later, was the AG, the Attorney General, and um, and so. Um, uh, that's where it was initiated. The U.S. government decided not to prosecute because they made an agreement with the state of Florida that, you know, we'll forego prosecution. You handle it, Florida. You got it. So we got this nice little deal. Now these these women came forward later, and I, at the minute the judge, federal judge, unsealed the records, which he fought against. Uh, Epstein fought against this. Uh, um, I, I went down to uh, West Palm Beach and went to the courthouse and went. <coughs> To the records, and um, one thing I noticed uh, it was Jane Doe three, a woman named Jane Doe three. We now know who she is, uh, but she was the first to file suit. There was a Jane Doe one, Jane Doe two, Jane Doe three, Jane Doe four, but, but I found a document that refers to Jane Doe one hundred and four, which indicates there's a lot more women. A lot more women, and uh, again, uh, people in central Ohio may recall Jeff Epstein was the right-hand man to uh, Les Wexner, our own Les Wexner, and used to live out there in New Albany. So, uh, Andy, these are types of stories that you would think would get more coverage. Uh, why do you think such stories uh, aren't covered more thoroughly? Well, it, it, it's a shock to me because I started out as a mainstream newspaper reporter for 14 years for the largest newspaper in Connecticut. Uh, and uh, so I was part of the mainstream media, and I always thought, uh, and my experience was, if you document things, you can get it out. But I think there's several factors that have happened since then. Uh, one is... Uh, an increasing consolidation of the uh, media, uh, uh, and and so it's not the old story of uh, reporters going out and finding the facts and convincing sources and editors to print it, but uh, there are larger corporate considerations. Uh, uh, including not offending the government, 
But uh, the deeper I've gotten into this, uh, uh, the, the more I realize that uh, what I call the concept of puppet masters uh, who uh, exercise uh, largely unknown but easily documented, if you look for it, control over the government, they also uh, have their hooks into the media. And, uh, and, and the media needs financing. And uh, so, uh, and then you layer on this increasing national security component, and in part through y your own uh, groundbreaking reporter reporting, Bob, but also uh, Wayne's and other uh, great pioneers, it's clear that the puppet masters and the Wall Street financing are intimately connected with the military intelligence complex, and so. Uh, the national media, in many ways, is part of this intelligence complex, and, and we know it, it happened in the 60s from Operation Mockingbird, the CIA program, but uh, just to pop out one factoid from my book, uh, Presidential Puppetry, uh, is that uh, Amazon.com, whose founder, uh, Jeffrey Bezos, now owns the Washington Post, uh, Amazon.com has an $800 million contract to administer computers for the Central Intelligence Agency. And that's, uh, actually it's $600 million, slip of the tongue here. But he only paid $250 million for the post. So here, here you have uh, a clear-cut commonality of interest and they would say, well, it's a different corporation, Washington Post and, and uh, CIA and Amazon, but uh, we know as att attorneys that, uh, okay, they can be separate entities, but heavily interconnected in interests. Yeah, so you have to pierce the corporate value veil to see what really is going on. Well, it's actually right there to be seen. It's not that hard. Uh, but uh, it's, it's bad for individual careers uh, to connect the dots. So if, uh, take one other quick example, and I'll take it back to Epstein very quickly here, but I originally met Wayne at the National Press Club, and, uh, and, and we started talking, connecting the dots of stories that reporters would talk about in the bar, but they didn't want to do because it was very bad for their careers. So they might blow off a little steam, and Wayne was one of the few people to report it. And to go back to Epstein, uh, it's not just the sex. It's not just the blackmail. Uh, it's not just, uh, we mentioned women, almost a slip it of the tongue. The fact These that he was a person of interest in the death of Robert Maxwell, the Israeli super spy? Well, yeah, but first of all, let's underscore, these are junior high school and high school girls, and there's, there's at least a hundred of them, as Wayne pointed out, and the police were furious, and uh, there's one other factoid I want to get in here. One of the most outrageous things of this plea deal was not just that he got easy time, nighttime in jail, but there was a very unusual plea agreement negotiated by Alan Dershowitz and Kenneth Starr that no one else could be investigated. So not Prince Andrew, not Bill Clinton, not Dershowitz himself. Uh, nobody, the investigation stopped with him. And so we're not just talking about kitty sex or pedophilia. We're also talking about his relationships with 
gangsters, politicians, royalty, and money-making on a world scale that no one was going to look into. Hi, you stumbled on a billionaire, Jeffrey Epstein, who's with the uh, leading financer of Israel, Les Wexner, a, a good friend who's tied up in uh, CIA operations, and he hangs out with the former president and part of the royal family. So let's stop right here. Even though he has an island, even though the manifests say these women are on these planes, let's stop right here. Does that make any sense, Wayne? Well, I mean, and, and Andy stumbled across another interesting connection that um, uh, one of the uh, women that uh, Senator Robert Menendez, Democrat of New Jersey, uh, and the former chairman of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, uh, uh, one of the women he was hanging around with was also one of uh, Epstein's women. Uh, and uh, now that might explain why Menendez was and still is so adamantly opposed to the Iran nuclear deal, which, of course, Netanyahu is opposed to, and he's using every bit of influence uh, uh, peddling and peddlers. Use blackmail? Yeah, I mean, here we have a case where Menendez was ob is obviously black. He's been indicted, too, because of uh, financial improprieties, and that had to do with uh, uh, women supplied what to him. Tell me the Covenant House set up honey traps with young boys, underage boys, down in Central America to blackmail uh, politicians during the Iran-Contra period? Well, that's why Father Ritter always took in those homeless boys. <laughs> <laughs> to provide guidance. All right. Uh, I, uh, since we're in Columbus, Ohio, I know uh, Andrew wrote about this. Um, uh, the home of the Bushes, right? Uh, uh, right, we could walk right down the street on Broad Street to St. Matthew's, the old uh, Episcopal Church that Samuel Prescott Bush attended, and uh, of course uh, his son uh, uh, Prescott Bush, who uh, company was seized for trading with the enemy, the Union Banking Corp. And the New York Times, Andy, I know you'll love this, did a fine job of reporting. Uh, they said that the Union Banking Corp changed headquarters today and they put the address and the address was the agency that seized assets of those who who traded with the essay uh, the enemy they didn't put in the fact that it was actually seized that the uh, uh, and then uh, a, a small paper here the Chillicothe Gazette had a big headline uh, uh, as well as the Zanesville newspaper uh, as well both pointed out that the Bush family Prescott Bush and George Herbert Walker's company had been seized for trading with the enemy. How do you miss a story that big in the New York Times? Well, again, there's the interconnection of of many of these factors, and uh, you know, I I love uh, the work you do uh, with your team here, Bob, and your colleagues, because what you're doing is reminding people of this history that's still with us. So uh, let me try to encapsulate in, in 20 seconds a bunch of history here. Uh, we have uh, a 90-year-old relationship between the Bush family and uh, the Washington Post, for example, and yet most people don't know that, and they think that the Washington Post and, and some of these publications are just, uh, he's one of 17 or 18 now uh, Republican contenders, uh, and that the news media is going to give them all fair coverage and let, let the best person win. But there are CIA 
and other connections with uh, the media between the Bush family that really give him quite a leg up that people have to understand as they're trying to evaluate the position papers and who's, you know, you've, you've got a governor entering the race. Uh, people should be looking at his connections, not just his policy posi positions, but will he make the cut and how far will he get, but also looking at the hidden backgrounds of these other candidates to see if they're just uh, stalking horses for the eventual Bush presidency. I'll, I'll make one last quick point. Uh, uh, both Wayne and I have extensively quoted your work and uh, that of your colleagues here because you're at the total center of the uh, election integrity movement uh, and uh, vote vote counting or fraudulent vote not counting and the ownership of these companies and that's another huge b advantage that the the Bush family and a few other uh, insiders have that is blackballed. All right, uh, yeah. last minute, Wayne. Uh, uh, how how do you get private partisan? for-profit companies to secretly count votes in a democratic society. You're an intelligence guy. How do you get people to accept that? Well, I mean, it's easy uh, to sell people on this. It's uh, uh, we have a very bad news media in this uh, in this country that uh, is not they're not informing the people about the fact that when they it's not one person one vote anymore. It's it's one corporation one million votes, and they just they decide who who gets the votes and how many they get. You know, under votes, over votes, all that kind of stuff. And uh, but the people need to become more educated, and you. Can't can't even depend on NPR anymore. We call it National Pentagon Radio back in D.C. because it's been heavily influenced by these conservatives. All right. Thanks a lot, Andrew Craig and Wayne Matson, for being on the other side of the news. Thank you, Bob. Thanks, Bob.